are listening to Meet and Write, a podcast that dives into liturgical worship and how communion really begins after church. Well, welcome to another episode of Meets and Write. Today is a very special episode. We're very honored to have a very special guest, Donna Risk. Donna Risk is an adjunct professor of theology at the University of St. Peter's in Jersey City. She is also the director of theological education and women's ministry under the Coptic Orthodox Diocese of New York and New England. She holds a master's degree from Holy Cross Greek Orthodox Seminary and a master's in Eastern Christianity from the University of Oxford. She has completed a year of German studies in Austria and Germany and just finished her PhD in early Christianity from the King's College London. Well, welcome, Donna. That's a that's a great intro, and we're congrats on finishing the PhD, and we're very happy to have you here on Meet and Write. Thank you so much, Michael. It's my pleasure to be here. So we just wanted to uh, pick your brain about um, about the liturgy and from your studies of of how we can go further into applying liturgical life to our life and how we're able to live out Christ. And you know, we know as as followers of Christ that our centerpiece of our identity found in him is in Jesus himself. And, you know, that's obviously directly connected of why the Eucharist, the celebration of Christ, is at the centerpiece of our Orthodox life when we celebrate the liturgy. And obviously Jesus is in the center of all that, but can you give us a couple examples of where we can clearly see Jesus being the center of, of celebrating the Eucharist? So, yeah, absolutely. I mean, like you said, everything goes about um, focusing on Christ in our liturgical worship, in our prayers, in our hymnology. Um, there are multiple, I mean, throughout all the prayers that you could see, um, they are mostly Trinitarian, but some prayers are also directed to Christ. And if you look at particularly the Liturgy of St. Basil, which we commonly pray throughout the liturgical calendar in the Coptic Church, the celebrant usually addresses Christ or he he beseeches Christ or he also entreats Christ about his incarnation and his participation in salvation for humanity. So, for example, after um, the prayer of reconciliation, the celebrant will say, he was incarnate and became man and taught us the ways of salvation. Uh, for me personally, this is one of the pivotal points of declaration of our faith, um, just the point of declaring the, the power of the incarnation of Christ coming and God becoming man and teaching us the ways of salvation. And so in this prayer and in this statement, he paves the way of declaring our theological truth of who Christ is, how God became man for us. And in this point, as we know, obviously, particular to Christianity and for the Orthodox faith, and in our understanding of how Christ came to flesh, and in that celebratory act and declaration, we also commemorate the Eucharist. And so through this journey of declaring who Christ is, then we can declare through the creed, through these prayers, through the hymns, who Christ is, and then we participate in becoming one with him through the Eucharist. So we become one with Christ through the Eucharist, and we say we become one with, with him who is 100% God and 100% man. And if you can, Donna, kind of elaborate on why that's such a big deal. Like, why couldn't just God himself become as like the super archangel and kind of save humanity that way, or just choose like any regular guy or like any prophet to really do this work to save humanity and to unite us with God. Why is it such a big deal 
Or why is it pivotal that he had right. to be 100% God and 100% man? Yeah, no, that's a great question. And I think as much as we sort of declare it in our Christian faith, it's hard to sometimes grasp or relate to. Um, the only, as the liturgy of St. Gregory says, the only person who can um, come and say this is God himself, neither an archangel nor a prophet have you sent, but you have sent your only son, right? Um, and God taking flesh is so powerful for us because one, we are now able to relate to him as humans, right? Um, and of course, as St. Athanasius clearly states in his in many treatises, but particularly on the incarnation, how God being without sin and God who is life giver can only restore this life um, to humanity as a whole by destroying death by his death, as we say, you know, in the, in the Easter liturgical celebration. And in him becoming 100% man, this is vital because if he does not take on all of us, all of, all of the part of humanity, then we, can, we cannot say all of us are saved or the entirety of the human race or the entirety of the human condition. So there's a famous quote by um, St. Gregory Missus says, it, what he has not assumed, he has not saved. Sorry, that was St. Gregory Nazianzus. And in this idea is that he came and he took flesh. He took our soul, our spirit, our human mind, our human body in its fullness. And in that, he assumes it to himself and he unites it with his divinity, being divine by nature, and saves that by his life-giving suffering and his passion and resurrection. And so when we participate with him through the rite of baptism and through the sacramental life of the church, we partake of him, you know, we, as St. Peter says in First Peter, we, we are partakers of his divine nature. Obviously, we do not become into his divine nature, we, but we participate in him while remaining fully human. And this, of course, we call grace in the Orthodox Church. So we participate in him as being God, but we're also to have this leeway because now he became like one of us, and so we may become like one of him, one, like him again. Okay, great, Donna. That's great. And and. And we know that Jesus is is pivotal and and that he had to be one hundred percent God and one hundred percent man to save me. But w- what is all this personal? like now on a personal level, to meet with me, with my Savior, with Christ, how do I apply that God being this perfect God man, Jesus? How do I apply that to my life? And do you have any practical advice for me as I walk into liturgy this coming Sunday? Is there anything I can do different or or approach the table of the Lord any different in order for me to gain more from the Eucharist? Yeah, it's a a great and important question, I think, for each one of us. I think personally, um, for me, like I said earlier, the the act of God coming and becoming like one of us is so powerful. And I think sometimes, you know, we hear it often and it becomes sort of cliche for us or we become numb to it or want, and... I think if we sort of sit back and kind of contemplate on how God being the whole other, you know, so great and so infinite and unlimited, all these things we, we try to describe who God is, you know, he's divine, you know, and completely other and that, that he's not human as God the Father. Right? But him now being wholly other as divine and coming, participating in my humanity, my suffering. And that now I realize, especially during Great Lent, we could say, okay, well now, you know, if I'm struggling with a certain thought or sin or hunger or weakness or whatever how it might be, we could sort of, you know, put that before the feet of Christ and say, Christ, you went through this. this. You went through this walk. And again, sometimes it seems so theoretical, but I think sometimes if we 
sort of switch our minds and, and contemplate on him being human for our salvation. Saying, okay, you went through this. Help me through the suffering or help me through the struggle. He becomes our co-sharer of this suffering. And for someone to suffer with you, I think, is in itself is so powerful. Um, and yeah. I think God, you know, suffering for us. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you bring a good point, Donna, because I feel so many times it's so easy for us to think of Jesus as like this superpower, that he is God, divine, like this great royal person that, you know, that just sits upstairs. But we kind of forget that he's human, that he became one of us and he and he dealt with the same pain that we had and and he became just like us. We really kind of sometimes we lose sight or at least for me, I lose sight that Jesus was was a person, was a man just like me uh, in order to save me, just like you said. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think with this mindset that we could enter into the church saying, Lord, you want us to be like you and that you offer yourself as, as, as the God man. And in whatever I'm going through and, um, you know, that you know, you became like us weak and everything and whatever I'm going through in the church through Lent, that I could participate in the prayers um, and obviously in the full participation in the Eucharist. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Don. I really appreciate you being with us on this episode. And, um, and definitely we learn more about who Jesus is and why he had to be 100% God and man in order to save us. And hopefully we're able to take this and apply it as we come to the Eucharist to celebrate the liturgy and come closer to him through each service. Thanks again, Donna. Thank you so much for having me. You have been listening to Meet and Write. For more episodes and resources, make sure to check out CoptichHymnsInEnglish.com.